Now dig this, Matt. Y'all know I love stationery. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write notebooks. Matt, what'd you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, And I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a, like a text file or whatever, actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple pencil with it, I have been doing that on there and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called NanoDots. With those NanoDots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook... Here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper like, and I'm sure it's it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use, and paper like feels good on the iPad. Uh they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, (laughs) that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a paper-like on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better... This is how you do it. So, to pick up your Paperlike, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, click Buy Paperlike, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their Digital Pro Planner Bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, to get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to War Rocket Ajax for our very special award show. That's right, everybody. It's Gordy's The Does. That's right, Chris. We are once again in the Flash Gordon Memorial Auditorium 
RIP to a real one. To celebrate the Gordy Awards. And this year is a very special year. It's the does. We've done 12 Gordy Awards. And you know what it is when you've done 12. Chris, it's the does. It's the does, baby. It's the does. That's Matt Wilson. I'm Chris Sims. We are your hosts here at this beautiful Coliseum. The heavens are empty. For the stars have gathered here tonight. We have an incredible crowd here in the audience. Give yourselves a hand. We did not mic the crowd, so if you don't hear them, that's why. We've got the Batman of Zeranar is here. Finally, he made it after all this time. But how could he? For in his hands, he holds the bat radio. He better be careful because that robot that wanted to kill Batman is here too. That's right. We're it's a tense situation that we're going to diffuse with a medley of songs a little bit later. Uh, if that does not get cut for time, uh, failsafe was that robot's is that robot's name? I I remembered it. Good job, Matt. I thought you were just being you know the the, the readers might not know. That also, uh, but it did take me a second to remember Failsafe's name. Failsafe, I see ya. Who else do we have in the crowd, Matt? Oh, Chris. All of the new Pokemon are here. All the new Pokemon. Tinkaton is here. Doxbun uh-huh. is here. Right. Maridon is here in the house. Fuecoco. Bidoof. Bidoof, not new. <laughs> But here, nonetheless. Jared Leto is here. Why? Was not invited. The entire cast of Morbius. The entire cast of Morbius, which is Jared Leto, and... That actress who was also on Andor, which was pretty good. Okay. Um, and someone, I, I'm pretty sure not Michael Keaton. Someone doing a frankly cruel Michael Keaton impression. <laughs> if you've seen that clip, uh, everybody. Adria Arjona, that's her name. She was in both Morbius. Wow, you really remember her names tonight, Matt. She was in both Morbius and Andor. She was in Morbius and or a better project. That's right. Matt Smith who was also the doctor. Oh, so, and and Matt Smith, who used to draw comics that I wrote. He's also here. And Matt Smith, who writes to unrelated rights comics for 2018. Every possible Matt Smith is here. Including the Matt Smith, who is the cosmic being uh, who labors at the Matt Forge and created you. Yes, I was created by the Matt Smith. Who makes all mats. An elder of our universe. (laughs) Every Doctor Strange is here. Every Doctor Strange. From every possible universe. Which would be an infinite number of Doctors Strange. That that version... That's right. Every version, or uh, all of the Illuminati from that movie are here. Not the other Illuminati, though. Like, like Hova? Yeah, not Hova. But I meant the comics Illuminati, but also not the real-life Illuminati. 
And we know who they are. Uh, we do. You and I. No. Chris, we got a big show for everybody. We it's got a does. big show. This is the Dozenth Gordies, and Chris, all the best things come in dozens. Donuts, roses, your mom jokes. Mm-hmm. They all do, and we're joining that great group. Juries. Matt, Matt, I've noticed something about your speech patterns this evening. You and I, we haven't podcasted together in a couple weeks. You seem to be completing thoughts a little bit late. <laughs> we're getting you seem we're to be getting, catching up with yourself a little bit. We're getting started on a new year. It's a new year, folks. That's why we do the award show. It's a good way to ease back in. Uh, and it's a great way to ease into some fantastic awards. If this is your first Gordy's, I'm sorry. And also, here's how it works. The the listeners of the War Rocket Ajax podcast, you, the War Rocket Ajax, uh, the, the, the War Rocketeers, the, the faithful out there, uh, pick the categories. We pick the winners. So we have we have a list of categories. I didn't write down what who my winners are this year, Matt, because I'm a fool. Well, you know, sometimes it's it's good to work off the cuff. And that's what we're doing, obviously. Given how I'm realizing what I want to say approximately 30 seconds after the fact. And that may continue through this award show and you're going to like it folks. It's going to be a fun time. Maybe when I do my solo musical number, maybe we can get the Matt Smith up here to, to maybe fix you up a little bit to, to do an update. <laughs> to, yeah. To, Real to quick, get Matt updated to, uh, to Matt Oss, uh, 10.3. Well, Chris, I don't think there should be any further ado. We've got a lot of categories to get to, so let's get to our Gordy categories for this year. Our categories, categories, as we like to call them. Let's jump in, Chris. Let's do it, Matt. Chris, our first set of categories come from Philip Tackman, who has three for us. Uh huh. We're going to start with the. Award for the worst project we had to do around the house. Now, is this is this the the worst, like the worst result we had in doing a project, or is this like the the one that was the biggest hassle? I I would tend toward the second, toward the latter, because okay. I'll tell you what it was for me. Okay. Actually, now that I think about it, this might have happened in 2021, but I'm going to count it anyway. Uh, it was when my closet collapsed, mm. and I had to rebuild it. If that wasn't in 2022, and that was in 2021, then I didn't do any huge projects otherwise, except like painting my bedroom, which is a hassle, but also fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might win by default if my closet didn't collapse in 2022. If it did, then it's the closet fixing the closet that collapsed for sure. <laughs> How about you, Chris? I definitely did some some painting here. Definitely uh, like rearranged a couple rooms, rearranged some furniture, uh, did all that. But 
Uh, this might just be recency bias. Uh, we do try to go calendar year, but here in early January, I can tell you that a big, uh, a lock for last year and this year, that's right, shoveling snow. <laughs> and you say, is that really a project? It is when 14 inches of snow drop in two days. That's true. It sure is. In that in that case, friends, I am ready for it to stop now. The perennial project around the house. There's so much of it, Matt. There's so much of it. Our next category from Philip, Chris, is the Gordy Award for this year's best Star Trek slash Star Wars media. Now, I know this is a competitive category. Uh, yes. I, I I think you're going to lean towards Star Trek, correct? A hundred percent. Absolutely, yes. Okay. I would guess yours would probably be Brave New Worlds? Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds, yeah. I, I haven't watched any of the new shows because I don't have Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> yeah, and I, I would guess that yours, given what I know of your tastes, given what I know of the world and how I am definitely going to be an outlier on this bad boy would be Andor. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and look, look, I like Andor and, and or good and or good. No joke. Uh, who was it? Uh, Ted Anderson, uh, the, the said he was going back and forth between it, it being the best star Wars has ever been. And this is too good to be star Wars. <laughs> And, and look, I did like it in that last episode when everybody's just like feeling really emotional about stuff, um, and then somebody tips over a little dog robot, and then immediately that dude gets Yakuza kicked in the chest. That was pretty good. Listen, two things I watched this year in 2022 had somebody doing something so good that people had to riot, and it was the only thing they could do. RRR. <laughs> yeah. In which Beam sang so good, people had to riot. And uh, Star Wars Andor, in which Marva gave a speech so good from the grave that people had to riot. I like your continued insistence that the song was so good that people had to riot and not the act of being tortured but never dropping even to one knee. It was, I mean, it was the song and that, but yeah, he did sing real good. And people, he did. And I know you have a song in your heart, Matt. I do, I do. Uh, but, but Strange listen, New Worlds, I, I got the title wrong, but I knew yours would be Strange New Worlds. Yeah, because listen, Andor, it's it's good, it's great, it's it's very good. Diego Luna, easy on the eyes. The, the, a show where someone has to seriously refer to themselves as Griff Kurgo or whatever his name was. <laughs> uh, great. Um, and it doesn't have that little that little the child in it who I do not like and I do not trust, and that is why I have not watched the Mandalorian. That is a hot take. I don't like him. I don't like but, him. Andor ha- Andor is a show where a guy fucks up so bad at his job that he has to go home and live with his mom and eat cereal. <laughs> and look, that's that's all true. Um, but it's like I feel like we've had some good Star Wars. Lately, like we've had a couple good movies. We've had a couple real stinkers. We've had a couple good movies. 
Um, I, I know a lot of people like that show with the with the child that I do not trust. Uh, but and, and you know what? we've had some good Star Trek too, but we haven't had Star Trek ass Star Trek in a minute. And I the feeling I got watching those beautiful, distinct, episodic, forty-five minute chunks of television where they go to space and fight a space problem with an allegory were mwah. the the feeling was wonderful. Everyone on that show is great. Everyone on that show is extremely well cast. Anson Mount, shout out to Anson Mount, does not have to be Black Bolt forever. Matt, it's it's good. That episode where they just do Balance of Terror, but with, with Pike, and the guy playing Kirk is not doing a William Shatner impression, but he is doing a Captain Kirk impression, is so good. Matt, it's so good. It's so good. All right, I, I guess don't I'm, know what to do about it. I guess I'm going to spring for Paramount Plus here sometime soon, so I can watch it. Buddy, I'll give you my login. Okay. I'll take you up on that. Yeah. That is the only reason I haven't watched it. It's good as hell. There's just nothing else on Paramount Plus I want to watch. Like, uh, well, they also have, um, they also have uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes, yes, yes. That's true. Uh, and they have uh, Deep Space Nine. It's on there, I, too. I, I'm saying besides Star Trek. I'm not interested in any of the extended Yellowstone universe, for example. Uh, yeah, I keep getting like ads for that on, I think, TikTok, which is weird. <laughs> they're, and they're like, yeah, season five. And I'm like, for real? There are multiple spinoffs, Chris, with Harrison Ford in them. <laughs> That's so weird. Our last category from Philip is sensational character find. Of 2022. This is a, this is a perennial favorite. Uh, I do uh, not to give it to somebody in attendance. I do like the robot that Batman built to take down Batman. Fail safe. Yes, very great character. Very cool. My first instinct is God, specifically the God from <laughs> Do a Powerbomb. That's a pretty good one too. That's a very good one. God, who's just looking for a good opponent. Yeah. I, I'm looking back over uh, some of the comics that we read uh, earlier in the year. I had a really good plan to uh, keep track of, of all of our checks, all of our recs, all of our comics read for the year. Uh, so that for this exact situation, would you like to know the last time I opened the spreadsheet? April. How dare you? You have no faith in me, Matt. <laughs> it was June. It was just June. June. <laughs> I was two months too early. Okay. Uh, yeah, and and that's. I'm thinking that's probably that's probably who it is. Yeah i i I also think there are a lot of great characters. Oh, I'll I'll tell you who it is. In Strange. The head of the that new division of of Shield. Oh, the the head of Wand. Head of Wand. I'm gonna look up her name because that that is probably seriously my uh, my choice. Uh, Pandora Peters. That's pretty good. 
Former director of Wand. Yeah. Which is now the Blasphemy Cartel. Yes, that's great. Uh, so those are all good candidates. Philip, thank you for sending in those categories. Our next set of categories, Chris, come from Kate Bishop, real name. First category is, this was designed in a lab specifically for me. Award. I hate that we've already talked about it three times, but I mean, comics-wise, a million percent. It's that story where Batman, who came up with a plan to take out all the members of the Justice League, you find out that he also had a plan to take out Batman, (laughs) and then he had to make himself forget about the plan, because if he knew about the plan, he would be able to outthink the plan. And so in order to fight the plan that he came up with and then made himself forget about, he had to go in and unlock his secret backup personality that he has? In a Chip Zdarsky story that was a sequel to a Mark Wade story and a Grant Morrison story? Matt, that cannot be that cannot be more more for me. And he fights a robot with, like, a laser sword in it. Our two answers are as us as they could be. Because, Chris, my answer is Amazing Spider-Man number six, also known as Amazing Spider-Man number 900, which is the return of the living brain. Uh Uh-huh. An obscure Lee Ditko character. A take on Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number One, one of the best single issues of comics ever published. Legitimately, a a that is that one on the list because that one could be a top shooter. It's not. It's not going to make it to to the top of the list, but it's a top shooter for sure. I think we've ranked it, yeah. But the idea of Spider-Man having to team up with the Sinister Six, who then immediately turn on him when they don't need him anymore, and uh, who will defend an enemy of his against people who want to kill them, uh, which is what the living brain was looking for the whole time. Like, it pre- it pressed all my buttons. Like, we're going to probably talk more about the Zeb Wells Amazing Spider-Man run as we go. But that issue in particular felt like, wow, this this is for me. I couldn't have loved it more. Yeah. Do you have a non-comics pick for this? I did start watching, it was a recent wreck of mine, I started watching Travel Man, uh-huh. uh, which feels very designed for me. Like a show that... Is like the travel show I would make. <laughs> so maybe that. I feel like you definitely have a an, uh, non-comics answer. Yeah, for me it would be Tunic. Yeah. I still have to play it. Yeah, the Zelda-like that's all about solving puzzles and mysteries that that evokes the feeling of reading a instruction manual from the the eighties, from when I was a child, very much uh, my speed. Love that little guy. 
What yeah, about little, little Fox? If this had been last year, I would have been able to say Disco Elysium, but I played it last year. Your rec for Disco Elysium was actually on our first non-Gordy show of the year. Oh, well, did that qualifies then. Yeah. Disco Elysium, absolutely the video game made for me. Yeah, AC was playing that recently and describing it to me, and I was like, ah, yes. Something for Matt. A Matt Wilson uh, experience. (laughs) The next category from Kate is the Chris's Shirt Memorial Award for hypest moment that made you want to tear your shirt off in the theater. This is this is a pretty good one. I'm I'm trying to remember. I I did not go to the the movies a lot. This yeah, it, I, I, I think like this doesn't have to be. I, it does not have to be a movie theater. I don't think. Well, I I mean specifically the hypest moment that made you want to tear your shirt off in the theater. I look. I did see a production of uh, a Christmas Carol. Yeah. In the theater, and I saw uh, Viet Gone which is a, a very good uh, play if you ever get the chance to see it. Um, but I don't, n- neither of those, I mean, dang, he did buy that goose that's as big as that boy at the end. You sure did. And I got pretty hype about that. I will say, I will say uh, two things. My runner-up is in The Batman. There's two, there's two really good moments that are kind of the, the two moods of that film. Uh, the first is uh, when Batman uses Venom. From the comics? <laughs> yeah. And they don't even like, talk about it. It's just like, that's Venom from the comics. It is such a minor plot point. <laughs> and also when Batman goes, thumb drive. Yeah. That's maybe the best moment in the entire movie. That kicks ass. But the real answer is when Doctor Strange commands an army of dead souls that become his dead soul cape. Specifically. his own dead body. I was actually going to bring this up, too, because this is one of the few moments I saw in a movie theater, specifically when Doctor Strange jumps into his own dead body and the hand emerges from the ground where you saw it get buried earlier. I legit 100% true when he like buries his dead body in that movie. I leaned over to AC and I said. We're going to see a hand punching out of that grave in about an hour. It was the most Sam Raimi thing you could imagine happening in a Marvel movie. It was incredible. That's the one. That's that's it. The when they, when the hands come over his shoulder and it becomes his his uh, his zombie uh, cave of levitation. Yeah. That kicked so much ass. It's that great. was great. My runner-up would probably be... I didn't see it in a theater. So it doesn't totally count for this category, but the moment in Glass Onion where uh, Benoit Blanc pulls out the bottle of Jeremy Renner's hot sauce. Uh Uh-huh. And he and and, uh, Janelle Monae look at each other and know what has to be done with it. That's really good. <laughs> that was a very good one. Some good stuff this year. Some good the, stuff. The, the doctor, the hand coming out of the ground in Doctor Strange too. Like that's that's the one. Oh, I think it was actually a movie from last year that I saw this year. Um, but when uh, in Nobody, when Bob Odenkirk is eat just eaten at that dude's restaurant. Oh yeah, 
and he pu- pulls his napkin off the table and he's got a fucking landmine. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's good shit. Oh, I have another one. This is my this is my actual runner up because I actually saw this movie in a theater. In Nope, when the Akira slide happens. Oh man, sounds good. It's really good. Uh, our next category from Kate is the Petey's Killing Clothes Award for the maddest a comic made you this year. I don't know if it made me mad mad. Like, mad in the way that, like, comics have made me mad in the past. Sure. But, buddy, Jack Oswald White, what were you thinking? (laughs) I mean, I kind of know what you were thinking, but what were you thinking with that? I can't just, I can't find that anything but funny. It's so bad it's funny. It's, it's, it's something. It's in case listeners don't know what we're talking about with that. That's the Joker's real name. Yeah. According to Flashpoint Beyond. Yeah. I think like the continued presence of the cryptic chalkboard also is like on my on my nerves, buddy. I can tell you nothing in Flashpoint Beyond made me actually mad because it was all so stupid. <laughs> so, so stupid, it's brilliant. Yeah. The The comic that actually made me mad was Dark Crisis. Specifically, mm. that it just felt like it was never going to start. Beast Boy getting shot in the head. That sucked. Yeah, And then being like, Actually, he's a shapeshifter, so he can get shot in the head, and he's fine. But he is still in a coma, because he thinks he's dead? Yeah. That's... That's nonsense. But for me, it's not even any specific plot point. It's all the false starts. It's all the, like, we're going to start a new Justice League. Oh, that didn't work out. Now we're going to start another new Justice League. Oh, here's the reason why that can't work. Now Black Adam is mad. Can we start the story, please? Never, never got out of never got out of first. Yeah. Old Dark Crisis. Until it went to tenth <laughs> in the last issue. Kate, thank you for those categories. Kate, thank you for those categories, and thank you for using this opportunity to just fire one back at Matt Fraction for doubting you. Our next few categories, Chris, come from Jolene. First on Jolene's list is the Harley Quinn Award for the best character not yet in the source material of comics. So, this is a, a good one. A character who is in like a TV show or movies who is not yet in comics. This is this is a really good one, but I couldn't think of anyone who was in. TV show or something that I watched that was either wasn't in the comics or that I wanted to be in comics. Yeah. I could, I could tell you what character from the MCU that I'm shocked is not a regular character in comics. Hot Aunt May, obviously. Well, Hot Aunt May has, has made her way into comics. I think. 
in various forms. Not Marissa Tomehawk. But this is a this is a Marvel character who's been in comics or been in movies, I should say, since twenty eleven. And she has not, to my knowledge, been brought into the actual Marvel universe. And that's Darcy Lewis. Hmm. Yeah. Uh that's that's a that's a good poll. As played by Kat Dennings. Yeah. A uh, very fun character. Yeah, I, she's been in like movie adaptations, but I don't think she's actually in the MC in in the Marvel Comics universe at all. Yeah, it would have had to have happened recently, and probably in like the Jane Foster book. Uh, yeah. But I don't think it, I don't think it is. I don't think she ever made the the jump. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, that she's never become. A comics character. Yeah. That is surprising. Because they brought in Phil Coulson. They did. Yeah. And and if you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, you might as well, you might as well do everybody. Oh, it looks like she is about to make her comics debut. Oh, well, there we go. In a new Scarlet Witch series. Because she was also in WandaVision. Right. Correct. Uh, so, this year, 2023, in the new Steve Orlando Scarlet Witch series, Darcy Ooh. will be introduced to Marvel Comics. 11, 12 years after she appeared in movies. I gotta say, you want to get me interested in reading a Scarlet Witch series? Steve Orlando, that's the magic words. It's true. Uh, any other thoughts on this category, Chris, or we're moving on to the next one? No one I can think of. Is there anybody from the Alfred show <laughs> that needs to be in comics? I mean, and you could say anything right now. <laughs> you could say Alfred's talking dog sidekick, and I'd be like, yeah, I bet that's on that Alfred show. Yeah, yeah. Jolene's second category is the Doughboy Award for Never Getting Over. Listen, I'm going to be 100% real with you. I'm Please going do. to be fully real. I'm close up to the mic, Matt. Can you hear me? Yeah. The JSA ain't never getting over. Buddy, how many times have they brought the JSA back? How many times has a key plot point of a comic book been the JSA is back? I know we all read that JSA book back in the 2000s, but they ain't never getting over. It's not happening. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. The JSA didn't get over in comics this year, and they didn't get over in movies this year, brother. They didn't get over so hard in movies that now there won't be, like, now it's just we are stopping this. The whole DC movie universe is dead because Dwayne Johnson thought a movie with the JSA in it was going to get over. What's the bummer about that is like I I did not watch Black Adam. I but I would it. watch an Aldous Hodge Hawkman movie and I don't like Hawkman. I would watch a Pierce Brosnan Doctor Fate movie. Absolutely. But I don't want to see Black Adam. I've seen I have now uh, seen parts of Black Adam as of today. And I swear to you, Chris, there is a scene in that movie where there is a kid begging Black Adam to help him. And the whole scene is 
the kid telling Black Adam how much better he is than every other superhero. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. Like, oh. you would think a pro wrestler like Dwayne The Rock Johnson would know that, like, sometimes you gotta you gotta do the job, and that can actually get you over better. You know, but I'm here's here's my here's my theory. Here's my legitimate theory. Dwayne The Rock Johnson lost at WrestleMania 17. Mm-hmm. And then, and then that's it. He's like, I'm never losing again. <laughs> I'm never losing again. I've done the one, I've done the loss that is the best loss ever after the best build to the best match. And now I'm never losing again. Marlene and I had a whole conversation about why Big Dave has such a better career than The Rock. And it's kind of without question, right? No, it's it's Big Big Dave has crushed Hollywood. Yeah. And part of it is like The Rock's a bigger star arguably, but there's no question who is in one better movies and two who's a better actor. Who's absolutely a better actor. Yeah. Undeniably a better actor. But, like, here's the thing. I was thinking about this the other day. The Rock contractually cannot lose a fight. Contractually. Uh Uh-huh. His character cannot lose a fight in a movie. Big Dave, with the exception of the Guardians movies, I believe, and I'm sorry if I'm spoiling anything for anybody by saying this, I think he's died in every other movie he's been in. Except maybe like My Spy. Yeah, I think you're right. Here's how I know that that Dave Bautista is good to work with. He's in two movies with Daniel Craig. Yeah. Two franchises. And you know Daniel Craig's good to work with. Yeah. Yeah. I like to imagine Daniel Craig and Dave Bautista meeting back up during the filming of Glass Onion, and like, like, hey, you know, I haven't seen you in a minute. Did you see anything good. about David Tisa talking about Lee Pace? I haven't seen that. No, uh, he, he did an interview, and he talked about how uh, his uh, agent is also. I, I think this is how it went. Like, his agent is also Lee Pace's agent. Uh-huh. Um, and they were talking about Lee Pace being in Guardians, right? Uh, as Ronan the Accuser. And, uh, uh, the, the agent was like on the phone with somebody talking about him and was like, oh, well, Lee can do anything, which is true. Lee Pace is great. Lee Pace is a true delight in those awful Hobbit movies. Lee Pace is in Bodies, 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 and I didn't know that until I watched it. Uh, and David Diaz was like, I want my agent to be able to say that about me. And... He was like, "Yeah, I I get role, I get certain roles because of the way I look, and that's fine. But like, I want to be a guy that they say he can do a dramatic role, he can be a romantic lead." And I was like, "I also want that for you, Big Dave." Yes, me too, me too. Look, I watched a video very recently about Big Dave, like telling the story of his tattoos, and they're still 
terrible tattoos. They're maybe, they're bad. <laughs> maybe the worst wrestler tattoos that have ever existed, and that's saying a lot. But it made me like Big Dave even more for his him old to Mr. Rogers tattoo. Explaining his tattoos, yeah, yeah. Big Dave. He, he said that there was he had one tattoo that was like an old ex partner of his name, and I'm dying to learn who it was, like a wrestling partner. And he got it covered up because that person said some homophobic things, and he was like, "Fuck that!" Oh my god. <laughs> okay, hang on. Stop the stop the award show. Stop the podcast. We got to investigate this. We will. We will. We got to continue the award show, but we will investigate this. Who's he? Who's he been? partnered with i had a suspicion but i don't want to say who i think it is because i don't remember if they were ever actually partners and i don't want to like spread anything around but were they were they stable mates i don't know i don't know uh all right tell me off mic i'll tell you off mic yeah uh jolene thank you for those categories Harry J has two categories for us, Chris. The first is best nickname used in Mark Grunewald's Captain America run. Ooh, I, I should pull up my file where I wrote all of them down. Okay, do that. Um, I all the gang member names were extremely good. Those are those nicknames, though. Or are those... I mean, they certainly were not Christian names. They were not given names. That's true. Yeah, I, I can tell you my favorite nickname for Captain America. Which I believe was stated by Fabian. And that is Capistrano. (laughs) Capistrano. uh, Capillary was also a good one. Yeah. Uh, Here are the gang names, Matt. Okay. And you tell me if you think these are are nicknames or not. Okay. We got Ground Chuck, Low Life, Uh Tone Uh Deaf, Kid Gloves, Moose Meat, Jailbait, Napalm, Hot Wire, Pot Shot, Rub Out, and Rizzo. Rub Out is my favorite of those. Yeah, it's pretty good. Moose Meat is also pretty good. <laughs> Capsize is another one for Captain America. Um, Quaze. When Captain America called Quasar Quaze. Quaze, yeah. Which is, that turns to ash in my mouth. That's terrible. It's bad, yeah. It's like Sheeny for Machine Smith. Yeah, also really bad. Dime a dozen. Dime a dozen might be my favorite for Diamondback. I hate Ratzel. I'll tell you that. I know you did. I know you did. My favorite one is Capistrano for sure. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Dime a dozen. It's just like free association at that point. It really is. Yeah, uh, it's not a nickname anymore. That's a that's a crossbones one, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. The second category from Harry J is best cameo in Glass Onion. Jeremy Renner's hot sauce is pretty fucking funny. That's not a cameo. That's a joke. <laughs> it's it's like I was gonna I was gonna say like does that count as a cameo? Because he is, he is pictured on the label. Yeah, I don't th- I don't think that counts. Uh, then we got to give it up to my girl, R.I.P. to a real one. Uh, Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury, yeah. Yeah. That that whole scene where he's playing Among Us with Angela Lansbury, Stephen Sondheim, and uh Natasha Leon. Natasha Leon, who's doing a mystery series with Ryan Johnson. Which is uh, going to own 
It's it's so good. It's so fun. It is wild that two of those people died between shooting that and the movie being released. But yeah, Angela Lansbury and Stephen Sondheim. Great. Also, big ups to Ethan Hawke for showing up in that movie and being like, "Hey, I'm a character in this." Oh no, I'm not. Do you I'm know why? Little, do you know why he did scene. that? AC why? told me this because uh, he was filming Moon Knight in Budapest mm-hmm. and just like ho- like hopped a quick train over to to play that role. Cool. Yeah. Harry, thank you for those two categories. Our next two categories come from Lou Shoemaker, Chris, and they are comic book moment or issue that made you want to stand up and put your fist in the air and go, hell yeah. Oh, again, I'm sorry. I I, I think the two clear winners this year are are Batman and Spider-Man. Yeah. Right, ba- ba- the book Batman and the book The Amazing Spider-Man, because it's my my runner-up is Peter saying, "Oh, I wish a motherfucker would," <laughs> like for the first time, like that was so excellent. Like that entire storyline was so excellent. Uh, but it's absolutely like the one that I did stand up and like turn like spin a a three sixty in my office was when. Batman goes into the cave, inside the cave, the deeper cave, mm-hmm. and then comes out as the Batman of Zuran R, t- calling Robin old chum. Woo! Woo! That does rule. I have two. Uh, I have a runner-up and a winner. My runner-up is also a Spider-Man moment, and that is when Tombstone... Is like, oh, I gotta go back to being the old me. Uh, that was good. And he he takes his his caps off, uh huh, of his teeth. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> boy. Uh, and then uh, my winner is every wrestling move into a power bomb. Yeah, man, man. Like, I can't pick just one. They're all so beautifully drawn. And, like, it's it's like, I, you know, the way I've described them is if pro wrestling was a real sport where people really did this to each other, that's what it would look like. Yeah. And every single one makes me want to just, like, stand up and cheer. Do a powerbomb. Unbelievably great. Uh, Lou's second category is comic book moment or issue that made you want to put the comic down and go for a walk and think about some stuff. That one, that one's a little tougher because by and large, I think we, we read some, like we kind of focused on the fun comics this time, uh, this year, I think. We we didn't read that many sad comics, but th- there were comics that made me sad. <laughs> yeah, um, the like the 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 Frank Castle as a kid stuff in 
Punisher was affecting in a way I did not anticipate. I will say. Yeah, I I can see that. Certainly, uh, you'd think that it would be hard to come up with, like, new ways to add tragedy to the Punisher, right? Yeah. But Jason Aaron keeps doing it. Yeah, he really does. Um, Also, when uh, we read a comic that had the line, my wife, Martha, the Joker, she's alive. That made me, I had to walk down to the lake Yeah, over here. My answer is the entirety of Flashpoint Beyond, number six. And just be like, what have I devoted my life to? Yeah. Boy, that comic really made me think about some shit. Like, sure did. Like, the end of it being the JSA is back again. And all of it. All of it made me go, what am I doing? What? What am I doing with my life? And and oh, I'll tell you I'll tell you the comic another comic that did it to me, the first issue of the new Justice Society book. I did like that issue. Wait, no. No. No, you you liked, I liked the Stargirl comic. You liked the Stargirl comic. Which was a different comic. Yes, I don't know if you read the new Justice Society. I don't Justice think I read the new Justice Society issue. Boy, is that a boys that I think that wins for me over Flashpoint Beyond. It was such a huge bummer. Such a huge bummer. So I think that's my winner ultimately. Uh, Lou, thank you for those categories. The last Justice Society comic ever should have been the one where Billy Batson said was like, I better just let the Flash think I'm a pedophile. <laughs> That should have been it. They should have stopped. They should have stopped printing Justice Society comics and maybe stopped printing DC comics for a while. Just, just, just let, just until the heat dies down. Our next category, Chris, comes from Ian Groovy, and Ian's category is best romance of the year. I think, kind of unquestionably, m- mine. And 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 me me and AC obviously number one, yeah obviously yeah number two Steed Bonnet and uh, uh, Edward Teach oh right? yeah yeah like there's there's no competition for that yes uh, absolutely yes I happen to know that Ian was looking for some recommendations for best comics romance of the year so I will give a couple of recommendations for that but steed bonnet and edward teach television wise absolutely the best yeah i don't think there was any contest yeah uh i'll I'll give a couple from comics that i think were really good this year from superhero comics specifically one steven strange and clea very good very good that's the strange is another one of the ones that i'm surprised isn't Showing up on the list uh, as much as some others. But yeah. yeah, what a great book. What a great book. Like, them finally coming back together. Pitch perfect. So good. Loved it. Finding out that he was the Harvest Man. Terrific. Also got to give a shout out to 
uh, Tim Drake and his new boyfriend, Bernard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernard, that I new... think, is, is a character who's been around for a hot minute. Yeah. Bernard but, might be a, a Chuck D creation. But only be- confirmed as the boyfriend, as Tim's boyfriend this yeah. year, or in 2022. Recently, yeah. Yeah. Uh, part of the new Tim Drake Robin series. Uh, that's a good one, too. A really big part of the new Tim Drake series. Uh, oh, you know who created Bernard? Whom? Bill Willingham. You know what? That's even better. Uh-huh. That's even better. Thank you for that category, Ian. Our next category comes from Robert Secundus, and that category is the Doomsday Clock Memorial Award in 2022 for the comic in 2022 that you most wish you had found time to read instead of bad comics. Oh, where where do you want to start? <laughs> I'm behind I'm behind on everything. I'll tell you the comic that I fell behind on that I'm sad that I did and I really would like to catch up on. And we've mentioned it. We mentioned it a couple categories ago, and that's the Punisher, the current Punisher run. I'm an issue or two behind on that one. I was really enjoying Monkey Prince. Yes, that's another one. I don't think I read past like number three on that one, and I was really enjoying it. Yeah, really good. Yeah, really fun comic. And it feels like like Monkey King stuff is kind of in the zeitgeist right now. Uh, Like More than usual as one of the most famous like cultural touchstones of half the world. But like, it feels like there's a lot going on in, in the monkey King space at the moment. I never finished the good Asian. Yeah. And that was, uh, we, we both read the first uh, issue or two of that. And that was really good. Yeah. It's great. I, I, I'm going to go back and catch up on that because it's like made for another thing. That's kind of feels like it's made for me. Hey, I think I've got another one for what made me want to go take a walk down by the lake and skip some stones. What's that? That's that comic where Guy Gardner was uh, cucked and then murdered. Oh, fuck, yes. I forgot that <laughs> happened. Yeah. yeah. That was this year, buddy. Shit. That was that was the uh, Human Target book? Yes, it was. Good God. <laughs> that one, I read that one and it was like, everybody is talking at me. <laughs> Yeah, you read really that comic. Take some time. You read that comic. I didn't finish the Good Asian. Yeah, I, I, I gotta rethink my priorities. I mean, look, if it makes you feel better, I also didn't finish that series. That was I did. I like we found out what it takes for me to check out. Yeah, yeah. So those are those are. I think my winner. I think ultimately is the Good Asian, and I would like to catch up with the Punisher. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Detective is another one uh, I need to catch up on. The the current run with uh with Barbatos in it the Ram V. Uh, oh yeah, shit! We read the first issue of that and it was great. Yeah, it was really good. And, and we read the first issue of that, and then we read uh, these Savage Shores, and we were like, we'd love to read more of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop printing bad comics. Please. We can't help ourselves. It is our blessing and our curse. Robert, thank you for that category. Uzi has this category specifically for you, Chris. Ooh. 
Best new Pokemon of 2022. We named Ooh. off a bunch of them at the start. Yeah, um, it's 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 Tinkaton. Like it, you, it should be Doxbun because Fido is a little dog made of bread dough, and then when it evolves, it becomes a little dog that's also a cinnamon roll named Doxbun. Fido, F I D O U E G H. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a. Uh, uh, Graveered, who is a little little ghost dog that is adorable, but I don't the the uh, Pokemon that it evolves into, uh, Houndstone, uh, is a little uncanny valley. Like it's a little too close to looking like I would imagine an actual dog ghost would, and that bums me out a little bit. But it's it's definitely the Tinkaton family of Pokemon. Uh. Have you seen Have you seen Tinkaton, Matt? I'm looking at Tinkaton now. Tinkaton is great. Tinkaton starts out as Tinkatink, which is a little green or a little uh, green, a little pink fairy with a little like hammer, and then it evolves into or with a little rattle, like a little baby with a little rattle. Then it evolves into Tinkatuff, who's got like a high ponytail, and the rattle has become a hammer. And then there's Tinkaton, who has a hammer that is three times larger than her body. Yes, 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 yes. She is the best. She is the best. People, uh, and you know she's the best because people were immediately like, this one's the best. And a bunch of people were like, this Pokemon is suboptimal. And that's how you know. Tinkaton rules. I love her. She's great. She's in my, my Scarlet and Violet party for life. But yeah, best new Pokemon. Tinkaton. Uzi, thank you for sending in that category. next set of categories, Chris, come from Derek. First is best romance option in a video game. 20, like the last couple of years had some really strong romance options. Um, the entire cast of Hades. Right. Uh, including the uh, the Medusa head, of which I have a, a, a stuffed version that was given to me for my birthday. Uh, I love Dusa. I would I would kill and die for Dusa. In the, in this house, we stand Dusa. Uh, but I'm trying to think of who was a romance option. Um, speaking of Pokemon, uh, your uh, scare quotes best friend uh, Nimona, who has like not a traditional romance option, but she has real strong soccer lesbian energy, and is very enthusiastic about battling you in in a way where I think there's a lot there. And I feel like they knew there would be a lot there. Let's see. Did you did you play any uh, video games with any good uh, romance options, Matt? I don't think I did this year. I most of my time playing video games this year was spent on Elden Ring, which is a game all about uh, a lonely journey. So can you date that turtle? You cannot date that big turtle. No, that Damn that it. turtle is. A member of the clergy. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking over the list of video games that I played this year, because I, I do keep a list. I, I I wrote it down in a multicolored notebook. Let's see. Uh, I did play... I played Persona 4 and 5 this year. None, Neither of those is new. Well, they, don't, they don't have to be new. It could just be a game you played this year. Yeah, not a lot of romance options in the games that I played this year. Weirdly enough, 
Yeah, it's. I, I feel like it was not a big year for romance options in games. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, though, I did play. Um, I did play the the Final Fantasy VII remake this year, which is a couple of years old. Um, yeah. And they did a really good job of giving uh, Aerith and Tifa some some strong personalities. Uh, particularly, Aerith was was really good in that game. Uh, comparatively speaking, she look. It's been 25 years. 26 years. We can all admit that Era's kind of a bunch of nothing in that first one. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, yeah. that's a, at the Matt D. Wilson for any complaints on that. <laughs> I get the emails already. How's it feel under that bus, Matt? Not a, not a big year for romance options in games that I can think yeah. of. I, I will say that the I recently played a game right at the tail end of 2022 called uh, Signalis, which does not have a romance option, but does have a really good romance story. So, uh, if if you are interested in something in a game that kind of revives uh, survival horror and has a little little bit of Metal Gear baked into it too, uh, that also has a good romance story. Do you think do you think I would like it cuz I put it on my wish list and it's like a side scroller, right? No, it is is a top-down survival horror game. I okay. don't know that you would like it that much gameplay right, wise. Well, if we if it goes on sale, we'll find out. Yeah, um but I played it and it's it's got a great romance story, like a great offbeat romance story at at a minimum. Uh, uh next on Derek's list of categories, or were you going to say something about that last one? Well, I I was just going to say um, I did play Persona Five Royal uh, this year, uh, as you might remember from it being my check like four weeks in a row. Um, I have this problem where I like I would I will play a game the second time and make all of the exact same choices. Because <laughs> uh, like, and maybe that's like you know maybe that's the same thing of like. You know, like yeah, like I did it right the first time. Why would I want to? Why would I want to change? I did that with Mass Effect, uh, which kind of defeats the point. But uh, I did when I played Persona again. I did once again uh, choose Anne Takamaki as uh, as my romance option, even though uh, I had explored that storyline previously. But I do think she is the most appealing because uh, she's not a full adult while you are in high school. Which Chris, the player, has a lot of interest in uh, Kawakami, uh, the habitual liar teacher, uh, who is a great character that the protagonist of that game should not kiss. Uh, but she's, you know, she is the age-appropriate love interest who doesn't want to be a cop. So, you know, that one pretty much, pretty much chooses itself, I think. Our next category from Derek is best ring-based adventure. Marriage. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Runner-up is Elden Ring, which is not based on a ring you wear on your finger. Uh, The Elden Ring is not a ring that you wear. Is it the squared circle? It's not that kind of ring either. It's it's it was a big shattered circle. A shattered Uh, squared circle. Just a circle. I would uh, say, other than marriage, the biggest ring-based adventure was uh, was uh, trying to figure out if uh, someone actually did bite Kenny Omega. 
while he was trying to save a dog. Oh, I, that was not a mystery. He had a big bite mark on his arm. <laughs> I That bite mark could have been a work. <laughs> that could have been a work bite. No one denied that he got bit. No one denied it. That's true. Finally, on Derek's list of categories is best cookie. Uh, I did make seven layer bars for the first time this year, this past year, 2022. Uh, those are pretty darn good. Those are pretty good. I My winner is just that classic, delicious chocolate chip we got from Crumble. Mm, yeah. Whew. That was a very good cookie. Woo. I've gone back to Crumble a couple times because they're right next to my vet. So whenever I take biscuit in for like a checkup or uh, to get blood work or anything, like I, I will go there and get a couple cookies. Nothing beats that chocolate chip. Yeah, it's nothing the best. beats it. It's the best. It's the best. Yeah, classic. Derek, thank you for those categories. Now dig this, Matt. Y'all know I love stationery. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write in notebooks. Matt, what'd you give me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, And I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a, like a text file or whatever, actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple Pencil with it, I have been doing that on there, and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called NanoDots. With those NanoDots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook, here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper-like, and I'm sure it's, it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use. And paper, like, feels good on the iPad. Uh, They also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, (laughs) that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a Paperlike on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better, this is how you do it. So, to pick up your paper-like, 
Head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, click buy paperlike, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their digital pro planner bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax to get started. Hot Spring Summer has some categories for us, Chris. The first one is the Phil Collins Bridge, where he watched a man watch another man drown award for best internet cafe on Gimmick Street. I like I like um, Netscape. <laughs> they bought the trademark to the name, and, and now it's the name of a coffee shop on Gimmick Street. You, you know what my favorite internet cafe is? What's that? So you know there's that bridge? Uh-huh. That goes for a block? Yeah, it's the 600 block. Yeah. 600 to 610? Yeah. So not the full 100. Just 600 to 610. That's where the bridge is. Yeah, it's the it's the 600 to 610 block. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's I mean the 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 river gimmick is not a wide river. It's not the Mississippi, you know. No, it's you know, it's more like a crick. It it is actually the it's the crick gimmick. Yeah, gimmick crick. Is, is but at six eleven, at six eleven, right after the bridge, there's that, there's that internet cafe, and you're like, oh, thank God, I walked all the way across the bridge, and I need to use the internet right now. That's my favorite one. That's a good one. That's a good one because you don't expect it. You specifically d- did not expect it to be I, there. I was, I was shocked. You were shocked and apparently delighted, and I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Hot Spring Summer's second category is the Great Indoor Fight Memorial Award for 2022 character most likely to make it successfully through Bad Street unscathed. Ooh. Ooh, we talking about going down to Bad Street, Atlanta, GA? Bad Street, Atlanta, GA. Ah, uh, this is so any character. Any character. 2022 character. 2022 character. Okay. I know my answer. What's your answer? Lona Steel Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you crushed it on that one. From Do a Powerbomb. Yeah. Folks, if you're listening to this and you have not read Do a Powerbomb, I don't know when it's coming out in trade paperback, but as soon as it does, buy that whole thing, read it cover to cover. It is top notch. Yeah, you should, read, you should read that book. That book is good. Yeah. And Lona Steel Rose, tough as they come. Tough as nails. Love it. Love her. Love that book. Chris, do you have a, a runner up, a second I mean, choice? I mean I think you I think you got the 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 one. The on winner. That, yeah. Yeah. All right then. Uh those are our categories from Hot Spring Summer. Thank you for those categories. Our next set of categories come from Bill Schmidt, who starts us off with the Texter's Choice Award of 2022. That's got to go to The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, it's, it is definitely the book we texted each other about the most. I don't think... I mean, pe- people who listen to this show know. Real ones know. Real heads know. <laughs> but like... I don't know if people know how much you and I like Spider-Man. 
the character. It's a lot. Yeah. Like, I I know that there's another guy who's my guy, and that's cool. I do love that guy. But I love Spider-Man. And, and, and you like him more than I do. He's hard to beat. He's like, tough. Look, people love to complain about the Spider-Man movies and how you know they get Spider-Man wrong or Spider-Man isn't comics uh, accurate in certain ways in this Tom Holland movies. But you and I are both big Spider-Man guys, and we both really like those movies. Yeah, bud. There's no Spider-Man, more Spider-Man movie than Into the Spider-Verse. I could be more excited for the sequel coming very soon. We love Spider-Man, and we texted so much about Amazing Spider-Man this year. Which, again, the character John Romita Jr. was born to draw. Yeah. He is so good at drawing so many things, so good at drawing so many comics, d- did an amazing job with Superman, did a better job than I ever would have expected, even as a huge fan drawing Superman, did the absolutely expected great job of drawing Batman. Uh, but, like, you know, he he's done a couple of X-Men books, of which you may have seen. That was a poor grammar, but that's fine. But, buddy... He doesn't get any better than when he's drawing Spider-Man. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah. He's pretty fucking good at it. Uh, and that that's, that whole sequence where Spider-Man fucks up all of the Rose's guys thinking that they're Tombstone's guys. Woo! Boy. <laughs> that's legitimately one of like the best written villain moments in comics I've ever read. It's so good. That's like... That's like... Matt, are you ready for one of my patented bold statements? Let's hear it. That's as good as Ozymandias doing it 35 minutes ago. Wow. Every fucking inch of it. That is bold. But I'm I'm right. It's bold, (laughs) but I'm right. It's bold, but I'm right. That's the new t-shirt. That is is a good t-shirt. I gotta think of the 2023 t-shirt. It might be it's bold, but I'm right. Okay, that's, I think that's that category. The next category from Bill is the Marvel Comics Bullshit Award for 2022. Ooh. I think it's got to go to the Jason Aaron run on Avengers. Yeah, that Jason Aaron run on Avengers is wild amounts. It's wild amounts of Marvel Comics bullshit. Incredible. Did all the Mephistos show up this year? Was that double page spread with all the Mephistos this year? I think it was, yeah. Yeah. That was in Avengers Forever. Yeah, but... If I recall correctly. Yeah, man. Like, everything in that book is just spot-on, absolute Marvel Comics bullshit. Yeah, like, that is extremely good. Um, Clea turning into a Dormammu. That was also she's very the Sorcerer cool. Supreme of Earth and the Sorcerer Supreme of the Dark Dimension was extremely good. I'm just saying that whole issue where yes, okay, that whole issue where Jane Foster like goes to her dream world, uh, where she's wearing her shirt that says Jane's favorite sports team. That is such that is so that's such a good gag. 
Yeah. Uh, where she meets her Thor self and uh, is like tempted by Mjolnir. Like that is such a good single issue of Avengers. Like all of the multiversal masters of doom stuff or uh, masters of evil stuff with like it, it's gotta be Avengers. It's It's got to be Avengers. Um, that is that is the most Marvel Comics bullshit book. Uh, the the next category from Bill Schmidt is DC Comics bullshit award for twenty twenty two. I I do feel like again, Failsafe was a sequel to a Mark Wade story and a Grant Morrison story, and you do not get more DC Comics than that. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. You, it, I mean, you don't get. Those are the two most DC Comics people, I think. It's for, for, the, keep, for the good side. We keep coming back to it, but it's it's true. Uh, I will say, just to give another option, the uh, World's Finest book, mm. the Mark Wade Batman Superman World's Finest book. Uh, with the Damora art, yeah. That's about as DC Comics as you can be. It's such a Silver Age throwback in so many ways. Uh-huh. But... Yeah, with the, also, the, the Supernova story that's going on right now? Yeah, for sure. But also, like, modern in just the right ways, with amazing art, and Batman and Superman are friends in it. And that is my kind of DC Comics bullshit. Without yeah, a doubt. A million percent. A million percent. Yep, both both good choices. Uh, Bill, thank you for sending in those categories. Chris, our next category comes from Jason Tenter, and that category is the Tomoko Aran Award for Favorite Media Made Before 2022 that you first discovered in 2022. Anything from past years that you read, watched, otherwise engaged with this year that um, you loved? Probably mine would be Persona 4 and Persona 5. Uh, even though I did play Persona 5 for the first time last year, uh, getting like full-on into the Persona franchise this year is probably it for me. Um, yeah. I think Persona 4 originally came out in like 2011. This is the year that we both kind of found things that we decided we're obsessed with. (laughs) Yeah. Because you got into Persona, and I read every page of Berserk. Yep. Every page. Now, it's not that I didn't know about Berserk before. It's I didn't discover it exactly, but I got into it. Like, I watched the entirety of the anime, the 90s anime. I haven't seen the more recent anime, and according to everything I've seen and heard about it, I shouldn't. Um, but I watched all of the 90s anime, and again, not I'd seen some of it before, but I actually sat down and watched it all the way through uh, early in 2022. And then I read every page of the manga uh in 2022 and yeah 
I, I, I will continue to devour it if any of more ever comes out. So that's got to be my choice. Jason said, thank you for that category. Very good one. Tom Foss has these two categories for us, Chris. Man, First Tom off, Foss. He's been around in the in the comics blogosphere since uh, since the mid two thousands. <laughs> First is the tag team award for the best pro wrestling moment in comics and the best comics moment in pro wrestling. Best best pro wrestling moment in comics is uh, the entirety of Do a Powerbomb. I, I specifically, I feel like it's the moment where the, the, our our leads get a. Uh, a match like a big final match and then the reveal is that their opponent is god <laughs> yep that one's pretty good yeah uh cobra sun and lona find out that they have to fight god uh but yeah it's it's definitely all of uh do a power bomb uh without a doubt the best comics moment in pro wrestling hmm For 2022, I'm trying to think of like big story moments from this year. Uh, because I will say 2022 in wrestling was a year that was dominated by stuff that didn't happen on TV and happened backstage. Yeah. On, on, on like every side of it. Yeah. Because it's the year Vince McMahon had to resign <laughs> because of horrible allegations finally catching up with him. And it's the year that the elite and CM Punk got into a big fight backstage where Kenny Omega, I guess got bitten and maybe a dog's teeth got knocked out. No, but that's dubious. That didn't happen. That's dubious. But no, I wouldn't call any of those comics moments, you know, no, no. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think of some good ones. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. Um, uh, Shota Amino becoming the Roughneck was, was kind of comics in its way. Uh, let's see. I Steve Austin coming back for a match was pretty comics. Yeah, but that didn't really happen, though, right? It did. He had a match. Did he have a match? Match? Yeah. With Kevin Owens. I didn't know that was an actual match. It was it was a match. I haven't watched uh, the Worldwide Leader in Sports Entertainment in quite some time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's fair. Roughly I, the amount of time that Dynamite has been on the air. Yeah, I, I watched some of WrestleMania this year, and that's, that's about it. Uh, let's see. The acclaimed winning was a pretty comics moment. It was like a real the acclaimed winning the tag team titles because like they really overcame the odds to yeah. win. Uh that was a pretty good one. Pretty much everything involving Ray Phoenix and uh Penta L Sierra Mado, uh yeah. Penta L Zero M uh it is comics by default. That's true. They are inhuman. Like, in, like they've been exposed to the Terrigen Mists? <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Kinda they can like be mutants that. now, actually. Matt? That's true. That's true. 
I can't like oh, yeah, this is a weird year for wrestling. 2022 might have been the weirdest year of wrestling in memory. Because again, so much of it was not about what happened in the ring. It was about other stuff like the Sasha and Naomi walk out to like so many things. Yeah. Made so too real to be comics. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, very much like ostensibly we could say the, the end of all out where MJF finally came back wearing a mask. Yeah. Like a devil mask. You know, with new music and everything. But that story didn't get to pay off because of the punk stuff. So, yeah, that's a weird one. All right. Here's the last category from Tom the Black Adam Award for the character or creator most deserving of a big promotional push in the coming year. I, th- that's another tough one. I'm not as up on, on the, the, the up and comers as I should be. And I well, feel I, like, I think yeah. this is. I think we're talking about comics here, not wrestling. But no, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, like after reading these seven chores, I would have said Rom V. But like, Detective Comics. That's that's about as big as it gets at Detective Comics. Comics, you know. I think it could still be Rom V. If we're being honest, I like. I really think Rom V. <laughs> Like Detective Comics is a good assignment, but it's not the Batman assignment. You know what I mean? Like for whatever however it happened, Detective Comics became the secondary book to Batman. And it seems like now Batman is the real like you've made it if you're writing this book book. So, I think Rom V still has you know, a step up. Uh that he could make. And I, th- I think Rom V absolutely sh- should based on what we've read of his. So I would, I would agree with that assessment for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a, a solid pick. Um, uh, I actually got tagged on the bad website. Um, Gail Simone ran into this, uh, guy, uh, at thought bubble in the UK um, who she, she was like, I never do this, but you need to look at this guy's art. Uh, Like people should immediately look at this guy's art and hire him. And I looked at it and it's incredible. So yeah. uh, Maybe that dude, a friend of the show, a couple of friends of the show uh, who have been working away at comics for a while. Uh, who we talk to a lot and I think really deserve a push. Trace Dean. Yeah. And Marco Stack. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Sark said he wanted to do more Great Lakes Avengers stuff, which you and I would both support. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, quite a, quite a few creators who deserve that big promotional push. Uh, Jody Troutman. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Mike Becker, who did the art on Young Offenders with Marco Stack, is great. Uh, so so those are some those are some you creators. Know what? You know what? Give give justice give justice society to the ghost fruits kids. 
Yeah, let them try something with it. Yeah, they'll get it over. They will. They will. Any any characters you'd like to see get that big push, Chris? No. No. <laughs> no, not really. Everybody I want to read about's already got a book right now. <laughs> no, I I got no time for new people. Uh, Tom, thank you for those categories. We appreciate it. Here's a list of categories from Chris Kaiser. The Kais. First up is the That's My Name Award for the Most Impressive Matt and Chris of 2022. Ooh. Ooh, that's a that's a good one. Do you have an impressive Matt? I mean, I, I don't want to say, like, one of the... One of the, like, Matt's who's already there, you know? Like, Matt Damon is already there. And and did he have an impressive twenty twenty two? I was gonna ask, what did he do this year to impress you? I'll tell you who is impressive. He's right there in the audience. Matt Smith, who was in Morbius. Uh but who was also in that Edgar Wright movie, uh Last Night in Soho, which I guess was a twenty twenty one movie. But I watched that movie in twenty twenty two and it was great. Oh, and he was also on House of the Dragon, which I haven't watched, but... I haven't watched it either, because, like most people, my uh, interest in uh, Game of Thrones, like, completely disappeared when the show was over. Yeah. And we all stopped talking about it forever. I I will say, I think Matt Smith had a pretty pretty impressive uh, 2022. So maybe him. Maybe him. That's true. I'm trying to think of a, a Chris who had a good year. I mean, there are so many to choose from. That's true. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Captain Christopher Pike of the USS Enterprise. That's a good Chris. He's a good Chris. That's a good Chris. He's a real good Chris. Yeah. Hard to think of a better Chris. I, um, Is it, Matt? Yeah. Is that a thing you want to say right now? <laughs> Do you want to maybe think about it for a second? Before you commit to that thought? Uh, present company accepted. Okay. All right. Of course. Of course. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at Wikipedia's list of mats for, for uh, guidance on other mats. But I'll tell you what. There are a lot of mats that suck. And I and I'm I'm sorry, on behalf of my name, for all those other mats that suck. Uh, I just I just googled um, Matt 2022, mm-hmm. and I advise you to not do that because oh, okay. I feel like maybe you'll get sad. Oh no! Now I now I'm curious, but I don't want to. I, I mean, don't. like you said, there's just a lot of mats who suck. Is this the fucking? Is this the fucking guy? The fucking commentator guy? Who who sucks so bad? Now I have to Google it. God damn it. I'm sorry, bud. Just it's a lot it's a lot of maps. Is this a conference? I'm I'm just looking at this whole first page of results. 
Midwest Association for Toxicology and Therapeutic Drug Monitoring? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I Googled Chris 2022, and I'm getting People Magazine covers to say Sexiest Man Alive. So, I mean, that's definitely better than what you get Googling Matt 2022. Yeah. I've, you win that one for sure. Uh, the next category from Chris Kaiser, another good Chris, is uh, the CBS Special Presentation Award for Best Holiday-Themed Content of 2022. Oh, you know I got to go with that. Uh, they called it Werewolf by Night, but I like to call it Elsa Bloodstone uh, a Backdoor Pilot. Yeah, that was good shit. Werewolf by Night was definitely good shit. Um, it had Elsa Bloodstone in it. I also liked I liked the Guardians holiday special a lot. Too. I did too, but it did have one crucial flaw for me. It didn't have Elsa Bloodstone. It didn't have Elsa Bloodstone in it, and it could have is the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the next category from Chris is the full credits award for the outstanding colorist or letterer, or any non writer, non artist, comics creator of twenty twenty two. Gotta give it up again, friend of the show, Jody Troutman. Uh, Jody Troutman always, always putting in the great work. Hire Jody to do more yeah. lettering. Uh, she's yeah. incredibly good at it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, uh, the honestly, like we've talked a lot about uh, Chip on Batman, Chip Zdarsky, friend of the show, uh, and that entire team has been incredible. Like colors, lettering, uh, truly excellent stuff. Jorge Menes has been incredible on art on that book. Uh, the uh, colors and lettering, especially the lettering where uh, Failsafe, the robot, had like stylized balloons. And the Batman of Zeranar had stylized balloons and everything was still very readable. That's a Clayton Coles joint. Uh, for lettering and uh, Tomo Mori on colors, uh, great job! The entire package looked looked fantastic. Yeah, great team. Uh, Chris's final category here is the "Many People Are Saying" award for the most absurd statement in the format. Many people are saying that 2023 will be the year of blank. I don't know if which I like is this format. A favorite joke structure on Discord as of late. Many people are saying that uh, that 2023 is the year that Mac gets into Persona and Chris gets into Berserk. Mm. Which That's I think absurd. half of that has a very good chance of happening. <laughs> uh, many people are saying that 2023 will be the year of the hierarchy of the DC Universe changing. Which is actually true. But not in the way that Dwayne Johnson expected. Many people are saying that hypertime is emotions now. Many people are saying that 2023 will be the year of Johnny Thunder. <laughs> Buddy, he ain't never getting over. <laughs> the year of Doughboy, that's the answer. Oh. That would be absurd. Who do you think has a better chance of getting over in 2023? Doughboy or Johnny Thunder? I mean, Johnny Thunder, because Johnny Thunder at least has one fan who keeps trying to get him over. Doughboy's fan is no longer with us. Yeah, that's true. RIP to to the realest one. 
the keeper of the flame. Chris, thank you for those categories. You're welcome. Our next category comes from Brandon House, who submitted several categories, but they were some were similar to other categories we already had, so sorry for that, Brandon. But the different category that Brandon had was Protagonist of Pro Wrestling Award for the wrestler that carried professional wrestling. Uh, the answer to this one, probably for the second year in a row, is Hangman Adam Page. Oh, I was going to say John Moxley. John Moxley is a good pick. Hangman Adam Page, who who did what many wrestlers have bragged about and destroyed a man's career with one line in a promo. That is true. That is true. Hangman had a a little bit of a down year right at the end because of some injury stuff. Yeah. Which is why I say it's Moxley, because Moxley was the guy when CM Punk and the Elite all got suspended who canceled his vacation to come back and be champion. Not even vacation. Like, it was his, like, paternity leave, right? Because he's well, he did. Yes. The, the way he put it was vacation. Okay. Like, he, he had finally planned a vacation <laughs> after All Out. After he lost the title to CM Punk, and then he had to come back anyway. <laughs> like, I will say, I can't think of anybody who has had a run as impressive and great as John Moxley has had since coming back from rehab. Yeah. Didn't know was that this year? Did he did he like get clean this year as well? Yeah. yeah. Good for him. Good for him. I think it was the tail end of last year, but he like made his comeback and really had his big run this year in 2022. It it has been unbelievably impressive what Moxley has done this in the past year. Absolutely. Yeah. Brandon, thank you for sending in that category. Zachary Jackson has this category for us. Most ridiculous person in comics this year, character or creator? Do not tempt me. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Gandalf in the Shire over here. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't have an answer for this one, Matt. Do you? Yeah, Pariah. <laughs> Pariah is a good one. Pariah, who was like, I'm going to be the focus of Dark Crisis. I'm going to be the main bad guy. I'm going to, you know, make this all about me. Then it turned out that his plan didn't even fucking work to summon the Great Darkness. And it was only after he was dead that the Great Darkness even actually really showed up. Like, Pariah, Pariah was such a nothing character in the end. I'm a tiny bit unclear as to what exactly Pariah wanted. Same. <laughs> like, he was like, if I destroy all these worlds, I will get to not... I'll get to die, right? I'll get to go to the heavy side layer. <laughs> yes, he wanted to go to the heavy side layer. <laughs> yeah. Pretty pretty wild. Um, 
Crisis on Infinite Earths is not a good comic. And I don't know why we have to keep having it. It's like, again, this is, this is, this is nothing more than what I'm saying. It's just, it just isn't cohesive. It's not a cohesive story. That's all. Yeah. And for creator, like Chris, you may not want to say it, but I will. Is GJ. He's a guy that's like, I'm going to bring the Justice Society back. And he keeps doing it in different books. He's like, I'm going to get Johnny Thunder over. I'm going to start a JSA book where the whole Justice Society dies and then one the one who survives go back goes back to 1940. I can't. Oh, I think Why? I can read that book. Why, GJ? Listen, if I were the type of person to give advice, and I am, uh-huh. um, here is what I would say. Just just do that Stargirl comic. Stargirl's good. good. Stargirl's good. good. Just do the Stargirl comic, man. man. That'll make you happy. Thank you for that category, Zachary. Our last two categories from a listener, Chris, come from David LaRosse. David's first category is the sh- sit down and put your shirt back on moment when the bottom fell out of something that started as a rollicking good time. Oh, finally. This is where I should have said to, t- to talk about um, Guy Gardner getting cucked and murdered. Yeah, because you liked that human target book at, at the start, right? Yeah, I mean, like... It had the intriguing premise of someone is trying to kill Lex Luthor, but they accidentally are killing Christopher Chance instead. Solid premise. Very DC Comics premise. Very DC Comics bullshit premise. Uh, yeah. and you know I like that stuff. And then it's like, like even the stuff with Ice was like, like fine. I'm I'm fine with like I'm I'm not out here like I Ice and Guy Gardner are my OTP. Although that you know that is a really good part of of uh, of JLI is is the kind of evolution and intricacies of that relationship. Um, like it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying you you gotta, you can't, have, you can't, you can't do what you did, <laughs> and no one should let you do what you did. And you know that. Like, I was almost interested to read that book, you know, at first. And then you told me about the whole, like, oh, Guy Gardner gets cucked and murdered thing. And that's when I was like, well, I, well, I know all I need to know now. Literally. Apocryphal's editorial deacon, Lucas Brown, like, messaged me and was like, hey, this human target book's really good. And I was like, are you talking about the one where Guy Gardner gets cooked and murdered? Because <laughs> that's what it is. I can't describe that book any other way. And he was like, oh, I have not gotten to that issue yet. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I'm sorry that I ruined it. Uh, but more Tom King should be sorry that he ruined it. For you yeah. and everyone. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any topping that. I don't think there's any topping uh, that... That one, yeah, but I can't, I can't think of any other media that I encountered this year that 
that was the same. I I guess I might say that that's the case for the movie Bodies, 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 which I really liked at the start, and then I sort of lost my excitement for the the further it got into it. It it ended up not being the movie I wanted it to be. Like, Is it? it was, uh, it was more of a joke than a mystery, and I really wanted it to be a mystery. Is it based on that Megan the Stallion song? Maybe loosely. Mm, okay. David's second category is best revisited media, the comic, video game, movie, show, book, etc. that you'd already finished but went back to in 2022 and got more out of or just discovered like new. Chris, I mean, yours is definitely Persona 5, right? Uh, Persona 5 or just going back and replaying, uh, I, I played for the first time and replayed uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War this year, uh, just because I watched those Hobbit movies, and then at Christmas time I watched Lord of the Rings movies, and Matt, you know what? Hobbit movie's bad. Hobbit movie's not good. Hobbit movie's Lord of the Rings movie's good as fuck. Oh, yeah. The Lord yeah, of the Rings movie's good. Like, I think people forget how good those movies are. They're showing the extended editions three Saturdays in a row at the Alamo Draft House up here. And the first two are were sold out, but I did get tickets to go watch Return of the King at 6.30 on a Saturday, a movie that is like four hours long. Mm-hmm. And I'm stoked. You should be. Because I watched, I watched uh, Fellowship in Two Towers on uh, Christmas and St. Stephen's Day, the 26th. Also known as Boxing Day. Not by me. <laughs> Not by me, baby. I can't wait. When he comes out of that boat, and like all the orcs are coming at him, and then the army of ghosts shows up. Woo! Chris, my winner for this is also a movie I watched on Christmas Day. That's also really long like three hours long my i showed marlene the godfather for the first time ever she had never seen the godfather before and i've also never seen it so we watched it on christmas day after having been to italy and it was it was revelatory and we were able to say to each other repeatedly leave the gun take the cannoli so it was great. It was a great experience watching The Godfather. Absolutely would recommend, would do again. You know what you gotta watch now that you've been to Italy? What's that? House of Gucci. <laughs> yeah. Get that real authentic shit. A truly incredible film. Have you you've seen that movie? Yes, I have. I have not seen it. I've seen about half of it. Okay. Because uh, AC had already started it when I uh, came to the living room. Um, and she was like, I will not restart this. Yeah. That's uh, fair. So I missed the part with Jeremy Irons, but she was like, What do you think Jeremy Irons is like in this movie? And I did an impression of Jeremy Irons doing an Italian accent, which honestly, I'm not going to do it right now because I'm sick, but remind me when I'm feeling better and I'll do it. Okay. I will. I, I think I did a pretty great one. I bet you did. I bet you did. I uh, I did watch White Lotus immediately after uh, going to to Italy, and not that part of Sicily that the show was set in, but 
pretty close to where we went. And the whole time watching it, Marlene and I were just like, we were near there. That is all of our fan-submitted categories. Thank you to all of our fans who sent in categories for this year's Gordy Awards. But now, Chris, it's time for the big one. It's time for the big award that we that we do every year, and we actually have a list of past winners that we can refer to for the first time ever. Yes. And uh, it's the War Rocket Ajax Intercontinental Championship. The highest honor that anyone can receive. Any one person or all dogs can receive. That's right. I'm going to run through all past winners. Okay. Because for the first time ever, we can do that. I I looked at this today as well. The first ever Intercontinental Champions were Mark Wade and Macho Man Randy Savage. As is appropriate. When he was still with us. Was it? Yeah. I think he died... Oh, maybe maybe it was a posthumous. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he had been past for a year at that point. Yeah, yeah, he died in 2011. So yeah. never mind on that. But the next winner was Allison Baker. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next year, it was split between three people: Allison Baker, Chip Zdarsky, and Jeff Parker. In 2015, the winner was Mark Doyle, who was Batman Group editor at the time. Winner in 2016 was Chip Zdarsky. Winner in 2017 was Kyle Starks. Winner in 2018 was Kelly Thompson. Winner in 2019 was Teeny Howard. 2020 winner was Al Ewing. 2021 winner was James Tynan IV. And in 2022, the winner was Jed McKay and All Dogs. I know who my proposed winner... Well, I have a couple of proposed winners for this year. I also have a couple like I I have someone who I feel like is the obvious choice for us as what is still nominally a comics podcast. Okay. Uh and I feel like that is uh I would give it up to Zeb Wells. Zeb Wells was one of my contenders for this year, for sure. Because like I feel like you and like we joke about it constantly. But Shed is really good. It's really good. That's the story where Kirk Connors does what he does. He did what he did. We all know it. We don't have to go through it, but he did what he did. Yeah. But that story is very good. And the thing that we remember, like, like the reason we still talk about it is because it is a good story. And then it feels like he was gone for a while. And I don't know if he was doing video games or animation or, or doing comics that we just missed because sometimes we miss a lot of comics. But then came back. And as I said, when we read those first couple issues, you and I have read, between us, probably all the Spider-Man comics. Probably. Exist. Yeah. Up from 1963 to the year 2000, at least. And probably, like, maybe to 2010. I think we've read all of them. Yeah. Between us. And he was doing stuff we had never seen before. And making it work effortlessly alongside John Romita Jr. Like doing just a fantastic job. Uh, the comic that we were not only like excited to read every time it came out, but excited to talk about to each other and to tell listeners about that was it. Uh, that was it. Like that, that was the one this year. And we were, a, and there were folks 
a lot of good comics this year. Also, also Zeb Wells, in addition to writing my favorite run on Amazing Spider-Man in many years, the most excited I've been about Amazing Spider-Man since the start of Brand New Day, I would say, which Zeb Wells was also a part of. He was in the Brain Trust, yeah. Yeah. He also uh, was a writer this season on She-Hulk, which was a show that was unfairly maligned that I found to be very fun and enjoyable to watch. The show was good. Yeah. 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 It was, in every way, a superhero lawyer comedy, and people wanted it to be something that was not that. But for what it was intended to be, it was really fun. Uh, and Zeb Wells wrote one of my favorite episodes of the the series, and he was portrayed dramatically in the season finale, <laughs> uh, which I thought was very funny. Uh, yeah, Zeb Wells had a great year. Here's my other contender for Intercontinental Championship, Daniel Warren Johnson. Very appropriate to to give uh, Daniel Warren Johnson the award this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for uh, his uh, honestly outstanding contributions to comic books and professional wrestling. Yes, I th- on, like. What are the three comic books we have talked about more than any others during this whole show? Amazing Spider Man, Batman, and Do a Powerbomb. Yeah. And man, was do a powerbomb good. I feel like Daniel Warren Johnson was a contender for this last year because of the Beta Ray Bill comic. And and also, there was, uh, we haven't mentioned uh, Jurassic League at all, but that was another Jan- Daniel Warren Johnson book from this year that also had wrestling in it. And it was a hoot, yeah. Yeah. I think Zeb, well- Zeb Wells and Daniel Warren Johnson should jointly be intercontinental champions this year uh i think either of those is a solid pick my uh my other pick was going to be the little fox from tunic the little fox from tunic is also good yeah i do love that little guy but you have not played tunic yet and so maybe maybe next year maybe next year i the little fox from tunic i really think it we should split it between zeb wells and daniel warren johnson this year Look, there's a part of me that that really wants to just pick one, but also we make the rules. Well, okay, here's the thing. We could give it to Daniel Warren Johnson in another year, but is he ever going to be more deserving than this year? Any year we give it to him in the future, it's going to be one of those, hey, we should have given it to you in 2022 awards. You know what I mean? Like when actors win Best Actor, right? Yeah, not from that year's movie, but from for a movie that was actually three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like what? What's going to be the more appropriate year to give Daniel Warren Johnson this award than the year that Do a Powerbomb came out? Like I think you're very correct on that. Again, it's 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 the it's the obvious answer. It is the slam dunk. I do think there's more of a chance of Zeb Wells being a contender for it in 2023 
than Daniel Warren Johnson being. I mean, Daniel Warren Johnson very well could be a contender for it in 2023. But I feel like this is the year, 2022 is the year to give it to him. What if he just fully stops putting wrestling stuff in his comics? (laughs) That would be bananas. Yeah, but it could happen. It could. What's wild about Daniel Warren Johnson is that he got into wrestling in like 2014. I know. Or like 2019. It's like some wild recent year. Yeah, he's, he watched some New Japan show, and then he got really into AEW. Like, he's he's the guy who never watched WWE, because once he got into wrestling, there was other wrestling to watch. In the same way that, like, my wife's first wrestling show that she went to live had Okada in the main event. Uh-huh. And so now, like, all wrestling is ruined. Because, like, there's no there's literally nowhere to go but down after that. Like that's Daniel Warren Johnson's experience with it. He's he he's the Rob Venditti of wrestling. Rob Venditti, who famously got into comics really late, it, and his first comic was Watchmen. His second comic was Kingdom Come, and his third comic was Tom Strong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we got to give it to Daniel Warren Johnson and reserve. It's it's Zeb Wells's to lose in twenty twenty three. It is Zeb Wells, okay, we're giving it to Daniel Warren Johnson. I will say this to Zeb Wells, if you're listening. This is, Matt, this is new. Okay. This is new. This is new for the does. <laughs> it's never happened before, and it may never happen again. But Zeb Wells is being given the 2023 Flash Gordon Memorial Money in the Bank briefcase. Yes. Yes. Zeb Wells can cash that in at any point in the in the next calendar year and 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 challenge for the the Warrock Jackson Intercontinental Championship. That is my that is my ruling on that. Congratulations to Daniel Warren Johnson. Congratulations to Zeb Wells for being the first recipient. Of the Money in the Bank briefcase. The Gordy in the Bank briefcase. Gordy in the Bank briefcase. That's what it is. It's the Gordy in the Bank briefcase. Yes, congratulations to both of those guys. I really think as long as Zeb Wells just keeps writing Amazing Spider-Man real good through 2023, that Intercontinental Championship is his. Yeah. Uh, it, it is... It is it is his to lose in the way that it was like Jed McKay's to lose uh, last year. Well, Jed McKay's Jed McKay won it last year. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Jed McKay could, also could have won it this year. That's true. Neither, I mean, neither one of those dudes has missed yet. No, all hits, no misses. That's it for the does. No skits. That's it for the does. Everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for sending in categories. Thank you for being here. And once again, for the start of 2023, uh, we've got a good year ahead. We're going to finish the Groonies in 2023. And I think we got to start journeying into mystery, Chris. We're going we're gonna to hit those jerkies. So that's going to be pretty fun. Uh, and there's lots more in 2023 to look forward to. If you would like to send us 
something and every story you ever list or a listener question or get in touch with us about sponsoring the show or whatever, uh, you can email us at warrocketpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us on Tumblr at warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com. We're on Twitter at warrocketpod. We have a Discord that you have to be invited to be a part of, so hit us up on one of the places I just mentioned to ask for a Discord invitation. Our website is warrocketajax.com. It has every episode of the show we've ever done. Warrocketwiki.com has the full list of Intercontinental Championship winners from all 12 years of the Gordies, as well as tons of information about other information about the show. Presumably uh, the 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 uh, Gordy and the Bank briefcase winners will be on there as well now. Presumably so. Uh, if you would like to contribute over there, hit up Jamal Cole about being a contributor on War Rocket Wiki. Or if you just want to read stuff about the show, uh, go check that site out, please. If you want to find me and my stuff, you can go to mattdwilson.net to find links to my books, my comics, my other podcasts, and my social medias. Chris, where can people find you? Uh, everybody can find me at uh, the-isb.com. That is my website, and it has links to all the stuff that I do, other podcasts, things you can read, all kinds of good stuff. Folks, we'll be back next week with an episode. Maybe we'll read a set of, gr- of uh, Groonies for next week. Or we'll have a guest, or we'll do some other fun thing for 2023. Uh, we still have to figure out our after-interview game for 2023 but i think it's 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 thursday night raw that's right we'll we'll discuss that when we get to it we already decided on thursday night raw uh but we we do need to finish out some battle of the decade submissions uh that were sent to us at the end of 2022 so we'll, we'll probably do battle of the decades special to clear those out before we start in on thursday night raw which chris will uh, explain in a future episode, but you already know the title. Look forward to that. We'll be back next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Until next time, everybody, don't forget, Black Lives Matter. Trans rights are human rights. So are abortion rights. And cops aren't your friends. But we are, because we love you. We love you. Yeah!